Thank you for joining us on another installment of We Watched WandaVision. So this is our weekly podcast where we talk about WandaVision. And every episode of the show, WandaVision, will produce a review from us. So thank you for coming back to join us in our little corner of Westview as we review episode four of the show, we interrupt this program. This week, I am joined not only by Pete, not only by Phil, but Kale's here. Unbelievable oh. that we got Kale to watch something. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. How'd you guys do that? We conjured you, baby. Dang. Uh, does Kale have a house? Has anybody been to Kale's house? Uh, he just mm, showed can, up because can... we're all on this podcast. I can tell you, living in Kale's house, Kale does not have a house. Kale does not have a habitat worth living in. <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. Um, at least you have a home, so we know that you belong. Now, uh, There's a roof over my head. Just real quick before we dive into the review and conversation, I do want to let you guys know that the Comics Pals is a weekly podcast, traditionally, uh, where we review comic books we talk about the movies we talk about the biggest happenings in the world of comics and the characters that inhabit them um and so you can check us out all over the the internet at the comics pals um and if you enjoy what you hear here you can leave us a review and then also check out the main show where we are constantly having conversations that are similar to this and deep dives into the books that we love so last week we had an episode that really started to shake things a little bit um you could see that sort of the the world that wanda had built or we presumed at the time anyway that she had built was starting to fall apart um we learned that geraldine was not exactly who she said she was um and she got bounced out of westview and this episode essentially picks up uh where that one left off but it gives us some more backstory into Geraldine and how she actually ended up inside of uh, Westview. So, first of all, Geraldine, not a real name. Monica Rambeau is who we're actually dealing with, and we learned this through a flashback sequence that opens the episode that shows us the aftermath, the immediate aftermath of the return of the vanished. So after the snap, we know that so many people half of Earth's population and the population of the universe were snapped away just like that. This is post-Endgame when all of those characters returned and we see the way that they actually return, which is not something that Endgame shows you. Endgame shows you them, the heroes coming through the portals that were opened by Doctor Strange and his crew. Uh, this actually shows you the way that characters were brought back into existence. Mm -hmm. They kind of just like, um, rematerialize the same way they got disintegrated in Endgame. This is the reverse of, or in, in Infinity War, rather. This is the reversing of that. Uh, and so that was actually a pretty crazy and um, amazing way, a chaotic way to start the episode. And it gave us an inkling into something that we haven't yet seen. Uh, and so we are introduced to Monica here, who again, is actually the same character we saw in Captain Marvel, um, the daughter of Captain Marvel's best friend in that movie. Um, here she's all grown up and her mother has actually died. Um, and that sort of sets the stage for how Monica ends up in Westview. So that's the table for this episode. 
and all of the craziness that unfolds. This episode really blew the doors off of the entire show. How did you guys feel about this one? The thing that I I uh, appreciated the most about it, I think, was you know we've been talking a lot about kind of how we thought uh, this was going to play out, right? And we knew that there was a finite number of episodes that the um, the civilians who are the actors in the Wandavision show uh, would be, you know, met would would be involved, right? So we had kind of uh, been trying to figure out a trajectory, you know, like. Is it going to be that we go through all the decades and then, you know, they pull her out and we deal with the ramifications? Of course, you know, we found out this week that we got our kind of contextualization episode here, um, which I actually thought worked really well. I I liked that um, they were able to answer some of the questions that we have as, as, you know, viewers have been asking um, kind of as the agents figure them out, right? So, like... It connected a lot of those dots in a way that um, they needed to be connected, but it worked really well kind of in-universe and, and in the narrative because it made sense that we're learning this information as this huge multi-government organization um, initiative is like bringing in all these top minds and trying to, to line everything up and decide what right. makes sense. Yeah, and I thought that 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 element of it, getting to see the other side of what's going on in this situation, because we've only ever seen the Westview perspective. Uh, getting to see the outside perspective was really, really cool. It's funny because um, on the last episode, Phil Phil said that uh, he did not think that we would see any. I know it was completely wrong here. Huh? <laughs> he was literally <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> so would you? So Phil being wrong. Um, first of all, how does it feel to be wrong? Uh, and second of all, what did you think of the episode? Well, it wouldn't be the first time being wrong, and it certainly won't be the last time. Uh, added to the many, many times I've been wrong in this show. Frankly, I can't have a segment like Kale where Kale is right, and I can't have a segment in the show where Sean is right. Because of the opposite, Phil is wrong. Uh, as for how I felt about it, yeah, honestly, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. Uh, maybe that's why I didn't predict it because I. It, like there's two parts of why I didn't like it. For one, it was just info dump and and it was info dump the episode and and just uh, too much explaining things for fifty for for twenty minutes. I must say fifty minutes. That would have been bad. This was the only episode I found myself looking at my phone during because I was just like, okay, all right, we don't need to go into the weeds for everything. There. The, in, the, the thing that was good about the show is the intrigue, and they've just explained most of the stuff. At least, like, we know That's why. They've explained most of the stuff in the sense of we know how things are happening. We know the, the, the nitty-gritty. We don't know why Wanda's done this. Like, we don't know motives, but we know the technical stuff. We know how it exists for the most part. They went out of their way to really explain it. And it, it it fell flat for me because you know it, that's i don't think this is the way to do things when you have like when you do a, an entire episode where it's just an info dump like it, it ruins the flow of it so to speak we went way out of our way to explain well this is why we saw that beekeeper in the second episode we had to spell everything out for the audience and at that in doing so it made it incredibly less interesting Kill, do you agree with that? To a certain degree. Um, 
<clears throat> uh, let me preface my overall series review with uh, there is strife in my household uh, because uh, as <laughs> fans of We Watch Watchmen will know, uh, my wife Jessica uh, also, I don't know why I just called her Jessica, also really uh, loves these shows and, and will occasionally jump on to do a review with us. She loves The Scarlet Witch. She is absolutely in love with the show. Nice. Uh, I, in fact, you might want to call her for the next one. Uh, I am She's not welcome. a fan. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily had a problem with on the same level of what Phil is saying overall to me, like it's just, there's not much to talk about here. It feels, it almost feels derivative of things that are derivative to me. Um, it's just to a, to a point where I just don't feel anything for these things. I don't, I only just got to a point in my life where I appreciate black and white shows. I, I tried to put myself in, you know, 18 year old Kale's shoes who, you know, loved the Avengers, what he would think. And I don't think I would be interested in this at all. You didn't like black and white things at all growing up, really? No. Interesting. I actively avoided them. Interesting. Yeah, Except the Twilight Zone. I I only just got into the Twilight Zone. The thing the thing I think is has been uh, fun about doing this. Um, Sean and I have been the only consistent chairs on the show, and um, I I wondered if Sean would like it because I know that you like don't have that same affinity for this like the source material that this is like you know aping that I do. Um, That's not quite true. Really. I, yeah, so I love comedies that are from the time before the modern comedy. Like I like comedies from the nineties and the eighties. Oh, sure, sure, or sure. Sitcomy sitcoms. I meant more like more. the the fifties, like sixties, like the Lucy stuff oh, in the beginning. Uh, and I could watch an I Love Lucy episode at any given time. Those I, are timeless. I know, yeah, I have Word. no okay. issues with those shows at all. Word. Um. Yeah, because I don't know. Like for me, I. Uh, on a mechanical level, everything this show's doing works really well. And um, I think, like, Phil's criticism of, of this episode, like, I don't know. I, I feel like um, I feel like this is an impasse that you and I get into with reviews of ongoing series a lot, where I feel like you're counting your chickens before they hatch. Like, if the episode didn't work for you, that's fine. But your criticism that it's, like, taken all the intrigue out of it, I don't agree. Like, I think we've only scratched the surface of what's actually happening. And, like, we got confirmation of some things, but, like... I think it was pretty obvious that Wanda was the one behind this and like it's been obvious for a while. To me like that doesn't remove any of the intrigue or anything like that. The motive, right? Like I think we got confirmation of the motive in this episode, but I think we knew what the motive was anyway. Vision died, you know? She wants a normal life and like every person she cares about is dead. So um, why have a, a a full expository episode like this then if we know these things because again like i don't i don't think i think you're getting like too in the weeds that it, like i don't i don't feel like it was just exposition like it it was it offered a lot of exposition and offered a lot of context but it also laid new threads and it also tried to i think um do some of that work now so that later on you don't have to do that 
Because I think that's a problem we see in a lot of these like ongoing shows where like you'll have an episode near the last episode where it's like, and then everything comes together and to a head. And it's like, I think what they're doing is kind of like threading in some of that let's let's answer some questions let's establish information that is necessary for us to move forward now rather than later if i could if i could just interject um yep. so i read a lot of articles uh about you know this show hmm. and one of the things that i noticed and you see this a lot with like mcu movies in general is people don't actually know as much as you think they do like not like not everything is as obvious to people who are watching the shows you might think so like um a lot of people think that that uh wanda is actually under someone else's control and a lot of websites have been positing a theory that the villain nightmare uh who is rumored to be in doctor strange 2 is behind this other people think mephisto's behind it hmm. uh so there's a lot of like now if you read comics and you know Scarlet Witch from the books, you already know that she's the one that's doing this. But I wouldn't necessarily say that if you simply watch MCU films and you don't know anything else, that it's that clear. And so because of that, I do believe that um, an episode like this is, is, is kind of necessary for those who uh, might be feeling a little bit behind, might feel a little lost. And I don't know that there's that much longer that they cannot tell you what's going on before people are just like, okay, I'm done because I don't get it. This is also yeah. halfway through, right? Like, yeah. So that's something else to consider. Um, I I assume this is that's why we had this episode. This is this is for the audience members that were because uh, I I remember the reviews after the first two episodes where everyone was feeling really confused by it. Yeah. And this is definitely for for uh, this episode was definitely for a broader audience to kind of figure out what's going on. And I I understand that uh just it, for me that's not how i like storytelling uh so i for me i i didn't enjoy the, what this episode was so to speak sure it also like going into storytelling like it also contextualizes where this happens yes broad you know mcu universe story yeah you know do you guys think that so with all these theories of of a uh, foreign entity uh, you know possessing Wanda or, or making Wanda do this or whatever like I wonder if audiences are going to be disappointed if the resolution does end up being that it's just Wanda being wanted and heartbroken and, and going through post traumatic stress disorder I don't think so I think I think people will be surprised by it in a good way because it'll subvert mm. their expectation right like I think one of the biggest criticisms of the MCU is that it's predictable. Um, and I think the idea of a character who's only been presented as a hero, um, doing something villainous for, that's fair, maybe not only, uh, predominantly, right, as a good guy, um, doing something nefarious for a personal emotional reason is pretty unique. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think, I think that will resonate with audiences more than anything. Hmm. And I think, I think it's going to make people like Scarlet Witch more. I actually think there are a lot of people who have come away from the Avengers movies really loving Scarlet and, um, and Vision. So I feel like this show kind of being centered around them will do a lot for people. Mm -hmm. um, so, but but I, I want to shift gears a little bit because we've we've really focused on the expository element of this episode, and that's really not the only thing that happened. No. Um, 
the stuff with with Monica Rambeau, I really connected with because um, obviously she's a character that I know from the comics, and that's cool. But how many characters can you think about? I mean, she's the only one that we've seen as a child, right? And now as an adult, like we've experienced her at two vastly different stages in her life. And, you know, we didn't spend an inordinate amount of time with her as a kid, but we saw her Mm. and that makes her really interesting. You know, what's her dynamic going to be like with Captain Marvel? Um, What does she know that we don't know about the intervening years between uh, her as a child and Captain Marvel's return to Earth? Did they have any more interactions like this? This framing, this establishing of, of of where she lies in the in the in the grander picture of the MCU opens up so many questions that weren't there before that makes it a really compelling story. And on top of the fact that, think about what this episode indicates about her, right? So, like when she mm-hmm. got snapped, her mother was alive, and coming out of uh, or in recovery, right from cancer. When she comes back, her mother's now dead. So she didn't get to experience her mother's last days. To her, her mother was completely fine, and now she's just gone. That's trauma that, you know, we don't see with any of the other MCU characters. And there's a vehicle now to experience that, um, not only through this show, but through Captain Marvel 2, which makes me way more interested in that movie than Mm -hmm. I was before. Sure, yeah. Um, I also think... uh... With that, you can also kind of um, po- point to that like same thing with Monica for the contextualization of contextualization of Sword, um, yes. which which will be an organization that you have to imagine is going to have increased relevance as we expand into like the cosmic side of things. And then I also wanted to call out one more other thing uh, in that vein, which was we got the specific call out of the cosmic microwave background radiation, uh, which connects to the Fantastic Four. Oh shit! Oh Why? shit! Um, that's the origin of their powers. Oh sure, yeah, you're right. It's yeah, the, it's the original radiation of the yeah. beginning of the Big Bang. Like that's that's what they say and everything. Um, so yeah, that that is the these are important threads that are being placed down long term. Um, that do apply to beyond the four episodes we saw. Or, or the three episodes we've previously seen. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty cool. I do want to see the those Fantastic Four members show up at some point. <laughs> um, Only that's cool, though. That's it. Um, there was a nice little Easter egg too to Monica Rambeau's backstory when when she shows up at Sword. You see the photo of her mom on the wall, and underneath it says Photon, mm-hmm. yes. which is one of Monica Rambeau's aliases. And that's something that the episode did not confirm or deny as mm. to whether or not she has powers. Right. I'm assuming not, uh, at least not right now, yeah. because I can imagine that that would have factored. But, you know, who knows? Maybe she gets them from this or something. I don't know. Because um, there's the whole cosmic energy like that's playing a role here. Maybe she's going to get imbibed with power in the same way that the, the four do. What um, if? Uh, yeah, what if being in... The WandaVision Westview area is, is what imbues her powers or something with that. When she got shot through the fucking wall, yeah. you know? Right. Who knows? <laughs> um, but like her brooch in the earlier episodes, too, was also a slight symbol of that. Hmm. Um, 
I, I also think that it was kind of cool how they were able to leverage this episode to um, like work in characters from the MCU, the broader MCU. Um, like obviously we knew Kat Dennings uh, character played a role. I forget Darcy. her name. Darcy. Yeah. Um, we knew that she was going to play a role at some point and we kind of like wondered, it's like, oh, I'm sure science, right? Whatever. But um, <laughs> seeing that she was the person watching the TV from the first episode and all those kinds of things, it's kind of neat to see some of those, those blanks get connected or whatever. Um, but also uh, Jimmy Woo from um, Ant-Man, Ant-Man, Ant-Man 2 and the Wasp. Uh, Paul Rudd's boyfriend. Yeah. Not a character I really thought we would necessarily see again, um, but I like him. He, he needs a Agents of Atlas movie. I I like Jimmy Woo quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, and it's so cool to see him like kind of you know moving and shaking a little bit here. Um, yeah, I think Randall Park uh, is doing a, a good job um, rendering the character. Funny quick story: um, Brian Edward Hill, mm-hmm. who is a, a comic book writer who we've actually had on our show before, friend of the show. Uh, he said that he uh, actually grew up. Um, he grew up as a neighbor of of, of uh, Randall Parks. Really? Oh shit! Yeah, that's it's, that's so weird. Small or was it Tom? King. I'm sorry. King. It was Tom King. Yeah, it was Tom King. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was Tom King. Yeah, I don't know how I got my wire. <laughs> I was like, sure. I was, it, was, uh, it was Tom. That yeah. sounds really familiar. <laughs> Maybe they lived on opposite sides of him. Can you imagine Maybe they're like all know. neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, the inclusion of Darcy, we haven't seen her since Dark World Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, best MCU and, movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really was a big fan of her character from Thor. I love Cat Dennings. Too. Uh, yeah, me too. Um, but I kind of didn't love her here. Yeah, I felt like her role here was similar to what it is in Thor where she's the guy that explains stuff. Mm. Um, You know, she's sort of our point of view character to help us understand things. And it felt felt to me like we already had Jimmy Woo for that. Well, they were doing different... They were explaining different things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 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 They're coming at it from different angles. I feel like they they got paired together to fit that role, kind of. Yeah. Let's dump info together. It just uh, and it, it also just felt kind of stiff from her. I I I won't lie. I actually kind of found her her character to be annoying in this yeah. uh, in this particular episode. Um, you know, like the uh, the um, oh Miss Lewis, and she's like doctor, and it's like cool, but that's a little annoying. Uh, and I feel like that line was only thrown in to establish that she is a doctor. That she had completed her doctorate since we right. last saw her, yeah. <laughs> and they could have just had the character refer to her as Dr. Lewis to avoid that interaction. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. And there were just other things that I was like, eh, I don't know. Um, People... But I do like the character traditionally, and I like Kat Dennings. I would love if she got a little more to do, but the show right now for being just 22 ish minutes per episode has a lot going on. There really isn't all that room to develop more than the one ancillary character that really being Monica Rambeau, there's not time to um, develop these other people that much further. 
not I, sure if they're meant to be there to be developed. They're kind of there sure, to move yeah. the story along, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. You get minor development for them, but they're minor, minor characters, right? They're tertiary characters for characters, you know, that are not even, like, that relevant. Um, the chorus, but, as it were. Yeah, right. Like, Darcy was introduced as Jane Foster's assistant, and Jane Foster has not even, like, been a relevant character for how long? Um, she will be soon. Exactly. Uh, well, maybe that's why they're bringing her back. Um, I, it's funny. I she didn't bother me. I didn't like particularly like love anything about her performance. But I just like Kat Dennings in general, so I was like happy to see her come back. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that is like a fair assessment. But something you said that I wanted to call out was the the episode length. This episode was actually about six minutes longer um, mm-hmm. than the last three, and I thought that was interesting because I like how the sitcom episodes were like tied to like a tight 22 minutes because that's how long sitcoms are and then this episode that took place in the real world they experimented with that length a little bit that was something i think i brought up on one of the previous reviews and kind of wondering aloud what that might look like and is that something that we would see carry into like the falcon and the winter soldier stuff or whatever so i do think it's cool that they're allowing themselves to experiment with runtime and and kind of let the episode be as long as it needs to be I remember when I put the first episode on, it said 36 minutes. And I was like, oh, these are going to be long. But then the actual episode itself ended up only being 22 minutes long. So clearly they're they're going to you know play around with runtime based on whatever episode they're airing that week, mm-hmm. so to speak. 20 of those minutes is credits. Yeah, well, they credit every person in every language version of it, too. And it's in, like, fucking 15 languages. <laughs> they should be. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah um just misleading <laughs> yeah I, I, mean, I guess you could have just done that for each respective version it's probably more work though because then you have to create like an if then statement yeah, fuck it so yeah. in the weeds right yeah um, <laughs> so yeah i i was a fan of this episode i like what it had to say about monica rambeau and you know the the expository elements um i certainly feel where you're coming from phil yeah um they didn't bother me, and I hope that they were effective for the people who needed them. Yeah. Um, it's really the next episode that is going to ratchet things up, I think. It's going to have that responsibility of like, okay, well, Let's pick now it up. we know who the, the villain is, right? It's, it's Wanda. Um, she's doing this. Uh, she's going through a lot. How is that going to develop? And then some of the questions that you know, people have that need to be answered. Like, I think the answers are very clear, but not everybody agrees. Is Vision alive? Uh, <laughs> this episode made that clear. Yeah, I thought so. That what? That Vision ain't alive, baby. Yeah. The I most, don't. I didn't feel that way. The most startling scene in the show. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm still not compel, uh, yeah. convinced that he's not alive. I'm. Um, I'm not convinced, but I very much, like, when I saw that, my immediate thought was, holy shit, she's, like, reanimating his corpse. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but that's, you know, that that's... Life. He's a robot. What does that mean, right? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. That's life? That's life! Reanimating corpses! Sean oh, secretly boy. just outed himself as a fucking necromancer. <laughs> What hey, did you do during your wow days, Sean? Uh, I was a paladin. It's okay. a cover. A paladin, a paladin necromancer. <laughs> well, paladins can resurrect people, so it's true. A day in a life. Way different. 
way different, though. <laughs> yes, that is true. That's how you want to get resurrected. Yeah, that's the good way. Uh, <laughs> the vision way, not so much. I don't know about that. That freaked me out. So we've still got quite a bit of show left to go. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see where things go from here. Um, it feels as though the uh, the format that we were introduced to in episode one is kind of breaking down as Wanda's mind kind of uh, falls apart. Mm-hmm. And um, that's probably what I'm most interested in for this show. So I think these next few are going to be something to pay attention to, something to watch for as we start to see how this show is going to impact the rest of the MCU and what revelations it still has left to offer us. And that's super exciting. Um, I can't wait to do this again. Definitely let us know what you thought about this episode. There was a ton to, to sort of look at and dissect for it being such a short thing. Um, write in to us and talk to us about it. Get us on social media at the Comics Pals. Write to us at the Comics Pals at gmail.com. Leave a comment if you're watching this on YouTube. While you're there, like and subscribe to our channel. Helps us out a ton. You can join our Discord server if you are so inclined to further the conversation and talk about a whole host of other things. And like I said earlier, the Comics Pals, we have a main show that is about all the comic book characters that we love and all of the different ways that they are presented to us these days. We cover all of that on our main show. So go ahead and check that out. Become a fan of us. Thank you so much for coming to our little corner of Westview for we watch WandaVision and we will see you guys next time. So until then, take care guys. See you next week in the eighties. Abracadabra. Vision. <laughs>